Yo, yo, yo. Do you know what it is? What's happening? Let's go. What's up? Excited. Dang. Yo, I'm your boy, Paul Wall. That's our boy, JG. And the beautiful beautiful woman you see before us right now, for all our viewers, and sorry, listeners, you're missing out because she's a beauty, is Victoria Reese. Hello. Hello, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being on the perfect angle. Thank you for Thank having you. Me. All right. I, it is what it is. I, I'm going to call it, babe. It's fine. So, babe, you've watched a couple of these episodes. You know what it is. Justin, let us bow. Father God, we thank you for today, Lord. And we thank you for these two beautiful families coming together to build something so amazing for you, Lord, that you would shine through it that people would see your love through what we say and the way that we treat and act with one another. Father God, bless tonight's episode. I thank you that your hand is upon it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. All right. All right. So I know we were joking around, but uh, we finally, finally just decided to uh, do a highlight of Miss Reese, my lovely wife. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. All right. Well, we want to highlight the fact not only that you are a great mother, but you are the owner of a catering service called Milfs on Wheels. Yes, sir. That is mm. I. So, Vic, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about um, Milfs on Wheels? I mean, the name itself, where it came from, you know, how you got started. What was what was the inspiration behind the name? Well, I guess honestly, what started the journey was COVID. That's to be honest. We were stuck in the house, nothing to do, couldn't go nowhere. So me and Paul hit the kitchen and I just started cooking and trying new things and then having the family over um and then everybody started complimenting me saying you know Vic you can cook and then it just inspired me I had weight loss surgery couldn't eat no more Dang. so I enjoy seeing other people's eating <laughs> and I just started it you know from there that's how I honestly started being home as that's a family nice. during COVID and starting something new together so I was sitting on the couch when I heard the epic name. So um, tell us how you came up with MILFs on Wheels. Okay. Honestly, it comes from my children's friends. <laughs> my kids, you know, I go, I go to a lot of their um, high school basketball games, football games. And a lot of the kids would be like, hey, Samantha, Alyssa, who's that? That's my mom. What? That's your mom? Mm. No. And then little by little, I was just all like, I need something catchy, you know, to start my little catering, private party business. Um, and I told Paul, what do you think about milfs on wheels? Yeah. It was pretty legit. Like, and then immediately after we went in, we purchased the LLC. So nobody could steal the name in case somebody was like bragging and like, yeah, my sister or my or me, like, yo, my wife's name catering business is called Milfs on Wheels, and somebody steals the name. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could yeah. have that happen. That was a that was a nice surprise. He so what was her original me. thought? I mean, I know that like she comes up with the name, she comes to you, Paul, right? Yeah. And she says, Hey, what do you think about this? So what was your initial thought? When you first heard it, what did you think? My initial thought, to be honest with you, I was supportive. I loved the name. Like I she's hot. <laughs> and the fact that I knew all these little teenage boys when we go to our children's game were drooling over uh, my kid's mom, it, it suits it. Like, and she worked really hard. Like she said, she had weight loss surgery, um, so she was really coming into her own at the time of like trying to figure out like her new style and mm-hmm. how she wanted to express herself. And, and bro, she was rocking it. So when she was like, I want to do catering and I want meal on wheels, I was like, dude, that's fucking awesome. Like, it is let's awesome. do it. And, and immediately it was my idea. Like, look, I'm going to get this license for you so you can do whatever you want. Nice. Now, I know Paul has some questions for you, but I, I, have, I definitely have some follow-up questions. Yeah. Um, you said you guys just kind of got into the kitchen and started cooking. But what do you feel is like your niche when it comes to MILFs on wheels? What's your niche? Hmm. I don't know. I think it would just be um whatever my client like is really wanting. Like mm-hmm. I really don't have a specific menu. Okay. You tell me what you want. And I'm so gonna let me ask let you this you know. then. It's a better question. So does anybody else know who Keith Lee is? No. no, really? Oh my gosh. Okay. So today, this is your homework assignment. Both of you guys go on TikTok, look up Keith Lee. So Keith Lee does um, uh, critiques, like food critiques of different restaurants and stuff. They live in Vegas. But after he does a critique on their food, man, those businesses blow up. Like mad blow up. Okay. So if you had somebody like a Keith Lee who was going to critique what you cook and said, hey, you cook me what you want to cook me, what would that dish be? Oh, I'm, I'm stuck between two. Give me one both. Them, I'm yeah, both. Come on. I hope one of them's what I'm thinking. Okay, my number one is my red pozole. Puerco. That is nice. my number one. And then my second would have to be a broil. Yes! Yes, I was fucking right! Yes. Bruh, you haven't had a broil. I'm sorry, look. Um, I got a lot of I got a lot of black friends. I got a lot of friends from fucking Louisiana. My oh my god, this broil is to die for. Yeah. Jeez. Oh my god. It's better than her. Pozole was my number one favorite. And then she learned how to make a broil, man. And let me tell you, the broil will put any will put a lot of people to shame. She's, she's nice. up there. Nice. I love it. Thank you. Tell me a little bit more about it. Um, For the broil? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get what these viewers hungry, okay. baby. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. I add um, some king crab, fried tilapia. Some um, red hot peppers. I use potatoes, corn, boiled egg. I make a homemade um, dipping Cajun, garlic, butter, spicy sauce. 
I haven't decided on name on that, but maybe you guys can help me out with that later on. But Victoria's everything secret. is done from scratch. I love everything. it. I had clams, everything. I anything love it. Dude, I'm pulling the Homer Simpson gift drool right now. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yes. Uh, I do rest. have pictures on my page. So feel free. Love you, will, so you got a page? Okay. Yes. So that was going to be the plug later, but since you brought it up, let everybody let everybody know how they can contact you, how they can see what you got what you got going. Yeah. Um, hashtag Vic the MILF. Yeah. Love What's it. your app? What's your Instagram? My app? Yep. What's your handle? Is it at Vic the MILF? at Vic the MILF. There it is. Okay. Love it. Well, okay. So he asked you what your specialty was if we had somebody come to critique your food. My question for you is, is because I get to experience all this deliciousness. What is your actual favorite food to cook? Like you cook for all of us. You cook for every holiday. What's your favorite food to cook? I would have to say when I make um, Italian food. What kind? Uh, the chicken Alfredo, the shrimp Alfredo, the homemade um, garden salad. So you make a sauce. I don't need you to give away the recipe. But if you had it, but if you had to toot your own horn, because I give this shit ten, one through ten, what would you give your sauce? To be honest, about uh eight. I would say an eight. I would say that's eight. modest. It's very that's humble. That shit is a ten, bro. <laughs> Thank you. You know what's funny is this is what I've noticed with people who who are humble, like truly humble, right? Especially when it comes to their food, typically. They're very hard. They're more, they're harder on themselves when it comes to what things taste like. And then when everybody else tastes it, they're the ones giving all the rave reviews. Like I have, I have that same issue sometimes where like my, my wife's family would do the same thing. Like, oh, Jay, like your food is this and that. And I'm thinking to myself, like, nah, like I, I forgot this ingredient. I forgot to do that. Like I overcooked this. I burnt that. And they're like, loving it, you know? <laughs> Bro, I, I was wearing, one year. I was I undercooked the turkey. No, you did it. I did. I undercooked the turkey for Thanksgiving, <laughs> and uh, I think you did they that. loved it. They tore that thing up, man. Like, <laughs> so I've had that experience. I've undercooked it, but look, there was this food. There was something that she made like two weeks ago, and it was so good. Like, I ended up wearing it, and as it like, I'm like, fuck, I dropped it. She's like, shit. I forgot to add this. And I was like, oh. I'm in the middle of a crisis right now. And your, and your crisis is you forgot a rest. You forgot a component to your food. I couldn't even tell. It's like an extra like cheese or something. You cooks know, but you guys know, you know. That's funny. I love it. Keep going, Paul. Did you All have right. any other questions? No, actually, I was just going to say, Let's transition a little into like I want to say your your everyday because as we we're talking about how the catering business start uh started um we have a very big family so um are deep. we are deep um and my question is is that what went like is that a deciding factor on 
how you knew your side business was going to be cooking? Yeah, because I, I always cook for a large amount of people, not just my family, but for the holidays, it's my mom, my grandmother, my grandfather, my sister, her husband, my other sister, my niece, my aunt, my uncle, my cousins, their fiancés. So I usually have to cook for a large amount. And when I, re when I really knew I mastered that was when I started cooking for large quantity of people. I think. Because it's kind of yeah. hard. You know, you're used to making a little sauce and doctoring it up. But when you're making it for 25, 30 people, it's a little more strategic. Strategic, for strategic. sure. Yeah, there you go. That's the Yeah, there's obviously a lot more that goes into it. Yeah. So, obviously, you're a mother of eight, right? And you've got this side business, mom of eight, and you got to take care of this guy here, which is a job in itself. So, it God bless you for that. Um, <laughs> how hectic does that become? Oh, it's very hectic. I work also eight to oh, 10 hours shoot. a day currently. Currently, it's only eight. The last three months, I want to say it's been only eight hour days, eight to um, 10 hours, maybe. But before that, I was working 12 to 16 hours full time. Dang. Coming home, cooking dinner, working on my table. Like, wow. Yeah. And then going to the kids' events, high school basketball games for Samantha, um, helping Alyssa at Pepperdine, trying to be a full-time wife, chef, yeah, mother, yeah. <laughs> Victoria, a daughter, a sister. So you fired off like two of our <laughs> kids' names and a list of other hats you wear. Um, so Justin said we had eight kids, which is true. Um, how about you go ahead and you name all eight and start from the oldest to the youngest. And don't get any wrong. No, there's Alyssa Medina that's 21 Woo -woo. at Pepperdine University. That's so cool. Senior. I have Samantha Medina, 18. You yeah. see San Diego next week, leaving in about 10 days. 10, 12 days. I have Nathan Medina, junior at Southgate High School varsity basketball team. Nice. I have Ashley Torres, my little partner in crime, even though she's my biggest headache. Um, she is a freshman, virtual learning. And then there is Destiny Cabrera, my stepdaughter, but my daughter. Um, seventh grade, virtual learning. And then there's Sunny Torres, um, football player, does a Pop Warner. Yep, for the Southgate Aztecs. Yep. And uh, he's a seventh grader, just like Destiny, 13 years old. Dang. And then we have little Miss Kendall Torres, fourth grader. What's up? My little West, West Side. <laughs> <laughs> She's our little firecracker. That's our firecracker. And then we have my king, King Boo Boo, the baby, Dylan, who is kindergarten five. And he just, he's just mama's boy. That's so cool. 
That's absolutely we're deep. Cool. We're deep. Yeah, you that are. That was like a good two minutes, and yeah, I'm just the kids. So, <laughs> as you listed off, as you listed off our children, um, we current you currently have because this is about you. You currently have two children on full mm-hmm. academic scholarships. One is yes. attending Pepperdine, and the other one is attending UC San Diego. Can you explain what went into making that happen and how proud you are as a mom right now? To be honest, I don't think I played any part in that. I think my girls are just very intelligent, strong women that are determined to be something in this world. I'm just their mom. (laughs) You know, I I just birthed them here, you know, but (laughs) they made a lot of decisions and went in there and pushed themselves and didn't settle for anything less and just did it because all we can do as parents is tell them our expectations pray and support them but i truly feel that i didn't play a big part in that i i, I know that their dad pushed them a lot too because their dad is very big on education and that's a good thing. And that's something I was blessed to have as a co-parent relationship. He was always amazing when it came to academics and pushing the girls as well. So I, I just feel like that was just them. That was their hard work. And I am so proud. Talking about it makes me want to cry because I am just so happy and proud to call them my daughters. Like they are amazing women. That's so cool. That's so cool. Um, so you yourself, you were a first team all city basketball player for Huntington Park back in the year 2000. (laughs) How does it feel to know that your daughter, Samantha, followed in your footsteps and now has the opportunity to be a D1 athlete and play for UC San Diego? Yeah. Fucking go. Yes. She has the opportunity. I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome. I was always her number one supporter. And when she came to me and she was like, mom, I'm going to play basketball. I was so, I was super excited. I was just like, oh, get it. Let's go. Let's go. That's what's up. That's what's up. What, what position does she play? Uh, she played often. She played a two. She played a power four. She played uh, defense center. Also a four defense. She's just all around. There was even times she was playing point card. She was playing one. Wow. Like, she's just all over the court. She was the Eastern League MVP. Yeah, I didn't want to Wow. (laughs) You went. Wow. I'll do it. (laughs) Yes. Our kid was the Eastern League MVP. As as well as her team MVP. And her team MVP. Dang. Shout out to Art Medina for working on that right to left crossover. Yeah. That's her, her dad. dad yeah. That's her dad. Yeah. <laughs> or else. Great yeah. co parent. Shout out to awesome. him. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Well, she averaged 18 points a game. Wow. Yeah. Baller. Her. Nice. Her. Yeah. Like um, her mama. Alyssa was also first team all city for volleyball. Yes, and then she, she was. was her team MVP. Yeah. But when she got to Pepperdine, she decided not to walk on and she just wanted to focus on academics. Yeah. There you go. Okay. All right. So I got a, I got the most random question because I kind of know the answer because it's always, I need your help and I'm so oblivious to these things, right? Like, 
Uh, sometimes I can't see the past the tip of my own nose. So we currently have two kids in college, but they're they're self-efficient. But we have two kids in high school, two kids in middle school, two kids in elementary. How do you find the time to balance to make it to everybody's activities? I don't know. It's just, I got to be there. I got to do it. I mean, there's really no balance. I just feel like it's just always up, down, up, down, right, left. You know, it's just always something. I don't believe there's balance. I just believe it's, honestly, parenting is hard. <laughs> but <laughs> you just got to do it. I'm tired, you know, but I don't know. There's no balance. I don't think there's a balance. Do you think there's a balance? That's a weak question. That's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard, right? It's hard. What so what do you think, Paul? No, I that my next no, I agree. Like yeah, there is a take, balance. yeah, you ain't getting off, buddy. No, damn. All right. No, like so like we've had conversations about needing help because like I'm always just to myself where mm -hmm. I worry about just me. Mm -hmm. and, and she'll be like, Hey, I need your help with this. And I'm sitting here going back and forth with like, dude, all you're doing is delegating. Like, why are you on my ass for? Like, I could delegate two. Do you want me to delegate for you? But if you like, you really take a step back and like, you notice everything she does, it, it is a wee thing. And it's a lot like mom, I shout outs to moms that have multiple kids um, and then have to tend to a husband because I'm an additional person to look after. Like if you're honest with yourself about this situation, right? Um, yeah, I'm an extra person to worry about. Plus she has to worry about herself. So all together you're worrying about minus three. So we're worried about seven people plus herself again. So eight. So it's yeah. a lot. So it yeah. definitely needs to be a we thing more. Um, it was something that we talked about on a family vacation that we just recently had. Amazing. So it was Paul needs to step up and help. And, and I hear you have to. Marriage is a yeah. partnership, man. And for yeah. it to be successful, it always has to be. Like when people say 50-50, it's 100-100 really. And, and, it, and it goes right. in waves. Like you, I, I've learned to. Sometimes I say it's like demasculating, but sometimes I've had to learn to take a backseat to her because I have to be able to trust her. Right, right. It's hard to trust her sometimes, not because I don't trust that she makes capable decisions, but it's because I'm prideful and it's like, no, I, I'm the man. <laughs> and it should be so, like she doesn't steer us wrong at all. Like we yeah. hate shit, but who doesn't like who doesn't stumble along the way? Right. Right. Who doesn't stumble? But if you're stumbling together, you guys get up faster rather than one fall, try to get up and the other one trip. Now, both of you are on the floor. Now, both of you are pissed off. Like, at least if you guys hit something, you could find the balance and you'll be you'll be mad, but you won't be mad. Like, it, you won't be mad if that makes any sense. Like, you'll be annoyed right. or you'll be aggravated, but it doesn't turn into a blowout. Right. So I can appreciate that. Yeah. So, so I think I've learned that a lot in the last yes. two weeks from 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 her. For sure. So I have another question because I mean, obviously, you guys have been together for a long time. I mean, to be able to grow the how to say the chemistry between you guys in those areas, right? I think so many times we talk about, especially in relationships, oh, we have really good chemistry, and it's always 
you know, the sexual chemistry or something like that and yeah. all that, right? But in a marriage, right, there's a lot more chemistry, I think, that goes into almost, and, and you can, I think both of you guys can attest to this because we've all, all been a part of some sort of team sport where we definitely knew that there was chemistry between us and our teammates. And sometimes it was almost like as if we were thinking ahead of ahead for each other, you know, already knowing, okay, this guy's going to be here when I go here. Right. Or this, she's going to cut through this lane and I got this great passing lane. I'm going to, I'm going to hit right now. Cause I already know they're, they're cutting here. So how long did it take for you guys to really grow that chemistry? And then the next question would be, or the first question should be, how long have you guys been together? And then the second question would be, how long did it take that chemistry to really, really form between the two of you? Go ahead. We've been together seven years. Next year will be eight. Um, and to be honest, I feel like the last <laughs> two years have been our best years. Nice. I think it took about five years just to finally trust 100%. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, relationships are hard and they're work and there's compromise and then there's selfishness and then there's ups and there's downs and there's happies <laughs> and there's sads. You know, it's just a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I I would really say the last two years, we have honestly had the best years together, at least for myself. Nice, Paul. Before you answer, I have a follow up question. What do you believe was the turning point? Because we're talking about five years, right? And then all of a sudden, something had to have happened. What was the turning point? I think the turning point was taking each other for granted and not thinking it was possible that one of us would hit maybe uh, a limit to say, you know what, enough is enough, I'm done. And give up. Because I believe, honestly, we both carry that bone in our body where we hit a limit and we're just like, Sorry, babe. Fuck you. It's true. It's true. That's why you don't got to be sorry. It's facts. It's facts. It's definitely facts. It's just yeah. part of being, I think, who you are as individuals. But you got to want to be better. And as much as sometimes Mr. Petty can be Mr. Petty, I still love him. And I don't want to make him feel the way that moment makes me feel. Even though I'm angry and upset and hurt and every other feeling under the sun, I'm not going to play your game and I'm not going to go there because I love you and I'm going to be better. I, and I think it's just a lot with growing up and having confidence in yourself and knowing what you bring to the table and knowing nice. what the other person can possibly lose. Paul, do you want to add anything to that before we go to our next question? Um, she's right. Like, to be honest with you, to add anything, no, because, um, it took a lot. I would say, I would say the last two. Yeah. Like I told you, like I've said, like, dude, I barely learned how to fucking really pay, pay bills like in the last three years. 
Like, yeah. And, and it came because I was talking shit about something I wanted done, but I wasn't <laughs> contributing to helping it happen. Like I'm sitting over here like, yo, we should have a house. We make enough money. We do this. And then she's just like, all right, you do the fucking finances. You tell me where we spend money. And I was like, that's easy. And then when I go through it, I'm like, this is me. This is me. This is me. Fuck, this is me. 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 And before I got to this is you, I had already been like, you fucking idiot. You opened your mouth too soon. And now you look dumb. So I had to swallow that pill, right? And then I had to like try to learn to like, well, let's try to do this. And she was like, do you have a plan? It's like, what is a plan? Yeah, just save money. Okay, let's do that. Let's see how this works for you. Sending um, two kids to college. Bro, sending two kids to college. Now. And me, she'd be calling me. She'd be like, you forgot your lunch. I'd be like, so? She's like, I thought you wanted a house so that cheeseburger is going to taste really good instead of buying your fucking house. Bro, at, at, at some point, I just had to learn to shut up, bro, because I was like, you're right. You're right. When I finally made that transition to just say, you know what, you can lead a little bit because I do need to grow up and I do need to learn what to do on the other end. Uh I'd have to say that the last two years have been our best because we call each other a lot. Um, I've put us in some bad spots before um, and she never walked away and she never gave up on me and she still instilled positivity positivity into me and the fact that and i owe it to her to give her yeah my best self like fully trying like when she says i'm king petty i'm still a dick like i'm sorry i'm petty i am i i apologize she knows it i don't always try to be like i i fly off the handle sometimes i'm a very emotional person and i take accountability for it um but i do have to say that the one thing I've learned in the last six months from her is, is I need to show her that I appreciate everything she does. Yeah. I need to be, what was the, I need to give her more affirmation. I like um, we're it. so caught up in everyday life. And I'm so worried about like the shit I got going on. Like a little bit of appreciation goes a long way. Uh, right. I've, I, I, I communicated that this weekend actually. And so affirmation is something that, she that i realized that to be a good partner you don't always have to be there but you have to be there that's nice yeah so i'm gonna say this i mean just from an outsider's perspective right i've known paul a long time mm-hmm. and i didn't i was just thinking about it right now because i think you and i had a conversation the other day and i was talking about my friend brian and i've known him for like 14 years and it didn't dawn on me at that moment that i've known you the same amount of time Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not gonna cry. Okay, you're not crying. I'm crying. I'm not gonna cry. Don't cry. Yeah, but I honestly, you. bro, this is the happiest I've seen you. And um, that's awesome. I thank you. You know, um, and seeing you guys together and grow the way that you guys have grown together and accomplished the things that you guys have accomplished and break out of the things that you guys have broken out of. Um, man, you guys are an inspiration. Yeah, I just want to say person. that. He's I love you guys. Person. You guys are absolutely amazing. Thank you. you. We love you. We love you. Yes. 
Yo, you're crying, and I don't know if you guys can hear this, but there's somebody on the outside of this, like outside of this, having a full-on meltdown. So you're holding it together, and they're not. So it's being expressed, I promise you. I promise you. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So hate to be a Debbie Downer because this is kind of a tough question. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. And um I'm I'm excited and I'm kind of like apprehensive at the same time about asking the question. I'm excited because I know that the answers you'll give will be able to help a lot of other women. But I'm also apprehensive because I think this hits home for like everybody involved. Yep. And um, so you've survived domestic violence from your second marriage. Mm -hmm. Can you please tell the viewers and the listeners, what was the perfect angle that you took? I would have to say I had to be selfless. I was trying to save an addict. I was trying to save the father of my children. And honestly, all I did was damage my kids and myself. I had no self-worth. And I believe I was very immature. So the perfect angle I took was I had to grow up. I had to take responsibility as a mother, as a woman. Um, and backstory is the last time he put his hands on me, I that was enough. I filed a restraining order without him knowing. I waited for him to come home. And when he came home, I called the cops because enough was enough. I felt like I was either going to lose my life or lose my children. And I just had to make the best decision, which was a hard decision because I thought I was in love. I thought, you know, this is my husband. What am I doing? How am I going to call the cops? How am I? But. I just had to make the the right choice. And it was the best choice because they led me to Paul. He's my forever. I love it. I love it. It's it's kinda hard to, to hear. Um I don't even have a follow up question that I can ask, but um I will say this the topics that we've talked about tonight. Um, very inspiring. Um, this last question that we had asked, uh, Victoria, um, women across the world deal with this type of stuff, even yeah. some men. And, um, we just want to let everybody know our viewers, our listeners know that the topics that we've talked about tonight were very sensitive. Um, if you need help or anything, yes. um, don't, don't ever hesitate to reach out to us, but there is help. Um, and you can call 1-800-799-7233. It's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. 
and we'll find you a shelter if need be and help place you and your children um, in a better position and help get you the resources that you need to um, to break yourself away from that, that situation. Yeah. Um, if anybody needs prayer, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, we're not hard to reach and we'll respond as soon as possible. Amen. 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 With that, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story with the world. Thank you for having me. And just like that, it's your boy, Paul Wall. Your boy, JG. Thanks for being on The Perfect Angle.